0: And the silence is just brutal. It's way more brutal than me, who's just like, what have you done? And then I jump out the window and come back up on the elevator to finish yelling at you.
1: Hey, Gina, we're live.
2: We're live. I'm excited to talk about this today. I've been feeling something very acutely lately, and it just what happens to be the, the topic of today's episode. And we have a special guest, so I'm very excited to talk about this.
1: Yes. Share who it is.
2: Everything that I have ever learned about impatience as a leader, I've learned from Mr. Richard Ziotti, who is joining us today on this episode. <laughs> Hi, Rich.
0: Hey, guys. I've got six minutes, so let's let's move this along. <laughs> and then I gotta go. I got Very I've got sh- I've got shit to do. Yeah. Brand. You
2: have a heart out? Yeah, okay. We gotta yeah, we gotta yeah, get yeah, this yeah, rolling. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Uh it's great to do this. I'm I'm looking forward to this conversation.
2: Every once in a while, and I'm embarrassed to admit how often this happens, I slack Chris and say, every day I become a little bit more like rich and then i move on to complaining about why something isn't happening as quickly as i want for it to happen and and i'm sort of this feels like a confession it's a it's a character flaw like nothing ever happens i I have been steeped in my own impatience but it's become more acute (laughs) in the past (laughs) year or so um and i've really had to like Wrestle with it, right? Because when I'm feeling yeah. impatient, I feel like, okay, this is about me. This is a character flaw. This is about me not being a good person no. or not being a good leader. Um, and I want to I process this with you, too.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll tell you, one of my coping mechanisms when you, when you have that moment, you're like, is it me? Is to just consistently blame everyone else around you. And, and it, it's, it centers you somehow. It's really something. Um, Yes, I appreciate you. You you say this to me every so often. You're like, you know, I'm getting more and more like you every day, which makes me sound like like a spreading skin infection. But <laughs> I'm I'm totally okay with it.
2: <laughs> I I mean it. I mean it as a compliment. No, <laughs> I, mean I know, very I, know, much as I compliment. appreciate it. As I grow I as a it. leader, I'm more and more aligned with Rich and Paul. Which I I truly mean that as like the the. No, the, I know the, I, as it, a compliment.
0: It makes me feel good when I read it, full disclosure. Do
2: you have a constant ticking clock in the back of your head, Rich? Like, does the TikTok haunt you, like, at night and in the morning when you wake up and you're getting ready for work? Like, is that is that a thing for you? Because this is very much a thing for me.
0: Oh, yeah. And I I would say it's a feature some of the time. It's a bug a lot of the time. Yeah. Landing in a beautiful, sunny Caribbean place, and it's five days, and you need days one and two. To try not to do that is a real struggle <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you, you got to spin down the engine, yeah, I have friends who like the plane touches down, and like a margarita pops into their hand like in their <laughs> in, in, in the seat, and they're just they flip a switch and they're just I'm on vacation mode and whatnot I can't do it i it's it's something deeply rooted and would would require a lot of therapy and I'm 52 and the ship has sailed. I think that's where I'm at at this point. It's like, like really? You're going to put all that money into that old car? You're just going to get a new car. Like what's?
2: It's so funny. I, I took a vacation recently. It was lovely. I really aspire to be that person who sets it all down and, and just disconnects truly. Because oh, I, honestly, totally. you feel like you do some of your best thinking when you separate. But Chris and I always have the like pre-PTO sync up before mm-hmm. one of us is out of the office. And that pre-PTO sync up, I think I had I had several items where I was like, do not let this slow down because I'm out of the office. Make sure that this keeps going yeah, while I'm yeah. out. Because I yeah. just was like, I was terrified that not being there and asking yeah. and pressing would mean that something, and, and and nothing did slow down. And yeah. I should say, we have an amazing team at Postlight who gets an incredible amount of work done yes, with lean do. teams on time. I literally have nothing to complain about, but as yeah. a leader, I still have that like, where is this thing? How is this going? Mm-hmm. Why is this taking so long? I have that thing where like your antenna goes up and goes, mm-hmm. is something wrong? Something must mm-hmm. be wrong. Either priorities are misaligned mm-hmm. or there's a there's a blocker that we didn't anticipate and didn't kind of bubble up to us. And we need to do like, this needs to be addressed, right? Yeah. That never stops. I've kind of, I'm trying to just embrace it and, and express it in a way that's like productive and doesn't make people feel bad or tear them down or like, you know, demotivate folks. Mm-hmm. And that there, there's an art to that. And I'm still very much learning that.
0: I'm in the same place. It's it's one of my weaknesses. I tend to to project anxiety and stress to get things done. And it's not because I like power, it's because I'm trying to essentially simulate direct control Mm -hmm. when there are other intermediaries called human beings between what I want to happen and me, right? And I, I think I've chilled I, I mean, I'd love to hear your perspective. I think I've chilled out a little bit. I I, I actually have consciously tried to, partly because of Paul. Frankly, um, mm-hmm. Paul very much sort of evens it out because he'll he'll he he could hear me rant for ten minutes and then he'll turn to me and say, "Everything's going really well," <laughs> and then I want to just yeah. jump through the slack and punch him in the in in the, in the face. But <laughs> but he's right. It's It's been a slow conditioning of accepting and trusting, frankly, some of the best people I've ever worked with in my life or in this place. So chill out, right?
2: Yeah. Chris and I have a similar dinette. I mean, Chris, my wonderful business partner who's very even and calm in times when I am wildly gesticulating and like ranting about things. I will rant about something that I'm feeling, you know, anxious about or impatient yeah. about. And then Chris has this amazing ability To, like, take it all in, say, I hear what you're saying. What should we do about this? Like, you you go directly to, like, what should the next step here be? How should we address this? What's a good way to address it?
1: Yeah, well, I think, I mean, the whole central conceit here is that impatience is actually a good thing. And when you channel it well, it can be very valuable, right? Because if if you use the source of the impatience as a a catalyst, right, a motivating factor to address something, to make some change with your team or with marketing or, you know, whatever it is, that's very valuable, right? I mean, the other side of the coin, on one, on one hand, it's like, I'm impatient, I wanted to get it done. But there, there are positive values that we also talk about, right? We, we describe people as ambitious or optimistic because they want to get mm. something done. And that it's the same thing in a weird way. It just has to be directed. I mean, Rich, that's something you do well, actually. Sometimes it comes out as anxiety, but oftentimes it comes out as, you know, why, well, why can't we do more? And what, what's preventing us from shipping two weeks earlier or going, yeah. adding that extra feature? And that can actually be very clarifying when you talk about it with a team. I think you're touching on something here that's interesting in,
0: in, around impatience, which is you can be impatient, how you express impatience is, is another exactly. matter. For many years, I found Chris Lissaka infuriating. I'm going to say it out loud.
2: Oh, say more about that. Thanks a lot. He's, yeah. so, he's so calm in the face of just like an absolute storm. It's why really? I admire it. It's, a, it's amazing.
0: It's, you can call it amazing. That's one <laughs> thing you can call it. Uh, another thing you can call it, well, let me, let me give you an example. I'll walk in like, wow, sit down, Chris. We've shit the bed. <laughs> and then I'll go for six minutes straight talking about the absolute catastrophe we are finding ourselves in. And I need him to be. I'm like, oh, I can't believe they did that. And instead, you get this clinical stare coming right back at you. And sometimes I just want him to throw the fit. And there's no fit. And, and, and I, I got to say, you don't want the surgeon being upset and and, really and emotional don't. right you That's want right. even-handedness you want you want thoughtfulness you want calm so i've come to appreciate that um gina i think you're closer to, to chris than 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 me in that you also don't lose your shit. I, i've seen you get frustrated and i will i i gotta i gotta tell you one bit that i envy about both of you if i scream for 20 minutes straight after like minute six nobody's hearing screaming anymore they're hearing like Carly Simon in their heads
2: <laughs> I love like, Carly Simon
0: I do too they're not hearing me anymore right there are a few things more terrifying than the blank stare of Chris lasacco or Gina <laughs> looking at you who has perpetually sympathetic eyes but is clearly disappointed and it is <laughs> and the silence is just brutal so I I think you guys have a healthier way I think You call it impatience, I call it anticipation is a better way to to look at a lot, I mean, a good leader, especially someone that has, you know, the amount of responsibility that you guys have, has to anticipate. Uh, Good leaders are anticipating good and bad potential outcomes, that's what we do.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: How do you then translate that and motivate people to orient themselves to anticipate things without creating this aura of stress and anxiety and, and, and like time's running out, time's running out, time's running out. I mean, the agency world can break you, right? Like, yeah, that's, it can do that to you. And, and uh,
2: there's always a clock It's a people business. So there's always, you know, issues to work out. You know, something that I think about a lot is the, Having the appropriate reaction to something, right? Like yeah. not underreacting and not overreacting. Mm-hmm. My, my kid at school—they do this exercise called small problem, medium problem, big problem, right? Where they give them examples of things that have happened, like the house is on fire, like you've run out of, you know, crayons. Is that a big problem? Small problem? You know, or, or a medium-sized problem, right? And then, and then the way that you should react, you know, like the the moment that you call nine one one because someone's yeah. on the floor not responding, right? Versus yeah. like, you know, stomping off to your room and crying because like you can't watch the last five yeah. minutes of your YouTube video, right? And, and and we we play it at all the time at home. And it's something that I play in my head. Like, what size problem is this? So there, there are times when I never want to underreact. And this is something that I think, Rich, I've learned from you a lot. Like, there have been times when you'd be like, you see all these indicators and I don't see you reacting. Why aren't you reacting, right? Yeah. That's that, like, antenna for risk and, like, mm. getting ahead of it versus, you know, reacting when it's kind of blown up in your face. But I also mm. think that there's, overreactions right like I think that you can you know and I think when there have been times Rich I'll, I'll say it like where, when you you know you've been ranting and very upset and like you know and I'm just like okay this is a problem we should deal with it I don't know that it reaches this level you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm always trying to 80% like, of the
0: time 80% <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think because it's your style to apply pressure when you feel like no one else. Yeah. Like, I, like I realize when you see me internalize the anxiety and frustration about a thing, that's when you relax. Exactly. Because you realize that I've got it, right? So like, totally. I, it took me like a couple of years to figure that out, Rich. I, and I, I'm sure you can think of specific meetings that we've had where I've like, like made that connection. Like, oh, Rich doesn't see me internalizing this problem, which is why he's yeah. ranting right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen you evolve you used to be very reactive you would be like yeah. okay i can volley this and then mm-hmm. over time we would have management meetings and you would be coming in with like i'm going to tell you the five things that are really frustrating me right now and one of them i'm, I'm done with and this is what's going to happen and right. that at that point that's that's you on a, like you've you've internalized it and level. you're now yeah exactly exactly and and you know like a lot of that is You know, I think one of the things that's common amongst all of us, even though it may not look like it with me, is that none of us find the control and power appealing. It's true. We don't get excited about it. It doesn't make us feel good. It feels like a big responsibility. There's a lot of responsibility. And I can be misread as like megalomaniacal and, and power hungry because I'm loud. But I actually, that's just me trying to warn everyone that... There is a tornado behind you while you work on your garden, and you just haven't noticed it yet, right? And so, that's <laughs> that's that's not that's not power and, and, and ego, uh, ego. It's not that's not what that is, right? So, it is not our job to let scary things ricochet off of us into everyone that works at Post Light. It's not our job. In fact, it's right. our job to actually absorb that stressor. And then translated into calmly stated goals, actions, next steps, whatever it may be on a bigger level, strategy, vision and and whatnot, versus like nobody wants to work at a company whose mission it is to avoid disaster. <laughs> it's right. not a very it's not a very good mission. it's not no. it's not very motivating, right? And so that, I think, uh, you know, I think that's a key component to like great leadership. Good, quiet, calm, healthy leadership. Um I think I'm I was effective for a while and I think I've calmed down, but I, I think there are people who are just better dispositions for it.
2: People respond to different kinds of leadership styles and communication
1: styles differently. I, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. I mean, I think something that you do well, Rich, on a project level, and I've seen you do it directly and also encourage project leaders to do is Introduce friction, which sounds like a bad thing, but, but as a forcing function to like reveal what choices you're making and you may not realize you're making. And I think it's yeah. very easy, yeah. especially in bigger companies, for teams to be like, well, you know, I can't do this because of X or, you know, I have to wait for Jim's team to finish the blah, blah, blah before we can, you know, so that's going to be May instead of March. Yeah. And I think yeah. something that that you do and that, and that I've tried to do, you know, watching you do it is say but why does it have to be that way? And yeah. how could we do it a different way? What would that look like? And yeah. sort of introducing that artificial friction, but it but it prompts these discussions that can reveal like, oh, this isn't actually a blocker or we thought we were working on, you know, this high priority effort, but really we were dealing with this lower thing mm-hmm. because because it was sitting in front of this yeah. bigger thing. So sometimes you have to like prod a little bit, not because you want to be, you know, the taskmaster project lead, but because it it will cause you to reshuffle things that you didn't even know were were gumming up the works.
0: Yeah, and and that isn't a hidden agenda driven tactic. It's literally coming out of I think one of my skills is the ability to jump off the treadmill exactly and actually come at it from a complete it's like we're gonna do it completely differently than you thought and that's not me trying to surprise people that's me wanting to kind of avoid the extreme subjectivity that comes in when you're inside of anything um and so how do you get out of that and yes. and come up with different ways of approaching things i, I we just uh, you know i'm working on a board which spun out of postlight labs and i pulled the designer aside, the lead designer uh, on it, Matt. And I had five slides ready for him, which was like, there are a lot of things I'm not happy about right now. And, and I was like, I want to talk to you about them. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so essentially, this isn't great. And I want to I wanna revisit them because we're going to do something great. And that was not an easy conversation, but I,
1: it, where he took it was amazing. And he didn't even know he had the freedom to go do it. That is actually a superpower. You know, I think there are a lot of people out there leading projects who think, well, I just have to be, you know, patient and see how this develops and work with my team and and let them do their thing. (laughs) And again, to make your point, again, (laughs) people don't even know that they can go further because because the prompt isn't there. And so these things that can sort of seem like you know, you're bringing the hammer down or you are critiquing, you know, an approach or a set Mm -hmm. of work or something. It's not that. It is a step towards this larger goal to say, let's expand our thinking. Let's come at it from a different way, et cetera. So, you know, that's where the impatience really works in your favor because it it pushes the team into places that they didn't think they could go.
0: This is unique to our industry. This kind of open-endedness in terms of pathway to solution is very, like, the other end of the spectrum is like medicine, like medicine has, if it's like very structured, this condition, there is a particular protocol, Yeah. the decision tree is very brightly focused. I, mean, Our this is I industry, love
2: industry, yeah, I mean, this is a great part of it. It's,
0: yeah, it's fun, but people can't help but try to fall into sort of more predictable patterns that they can, they you know, that frankly avoid Disaster. They just want to succeed, right, in what they're doing. And They're like, oh, I've done this countless times before. That's why they love: processes and frameworks around yes, work and things exactly. like that. I'm going to follow this recipe, and we're going to be okay. Um, I think one of the great cool things about Postlight is that we aren't a fill in the blank shop. We're not an agile shop. We're not a right, we're, not, we're not. We're not orthodox. We're not anti those things. But it takes. A little, bit of adve- you know, a little bit of an adventurous mind to say, oh, you know what? Why are we spinning like this? Can't we do it different? And that's, that's not typical. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's a particular profile. You know, a pattern that I have observed through my ma- trying to manage my own impatience productively is that you're feeling anxiety and, and impatience and frustration about something. And you say to the, you know, the, the person responsible, like, where's the thing? And you often get back, oh, you know, we're working on it, but you know, everyone's really busy. With other things, but, but we're, we're going to get to it. It's in the queue. And then if it's something that's really important, which it usually is, because I'm only going to feel impatient about the stuff that's really important, I say, what other things? And why has this fallen behind it, right? Mm. And that's when it comes out that the priorities that are very clear in my brain, right? Like the big, small, you know, yeah. you have you have big problems queuing up Behind small problems, right? Yes. And that's that's a moment where I say, okay, as a leader, I did not communicate the urgency and the priority of this thing. Mm. And I, I'm I'm communicating it by being like, where's the thing that we talked about? Cause we we need the thing. Like this is a big problem. Mm. And 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 that didn't come across in like kind of mm. in the first the first conversation about it. And this is, I think, really hard for people. You know, you got your task list, you've got your marching orders, you start working on a thing, it's in flight you want to see it through. You want to get to completion. You want to check it off the list and deliver mm-hmm. the thing. You know, we all want that, right? But when something else gets added onto the queue, you're like, I'll get to that in a minute. I'm just going to finish this thing that I've got going already. And um, something that I have not unlocked is like, when is the moment when you say everything else, this this goes ahead of everything else. It's, that's very disruptive right. uh, to people's work lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you have to kind of communicate why that is. That takes a pretty mature... Leader to, to read that room and read that yeah. request or internalize. Oh, why is this so important in the business? Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, let's let's rejig things a little bit.
0: There's two ways to attack that one is, is the most heavy-handed which is this Friday You're gonna show me this thing <laughs> Right.
2: The deadline-driven <laughs> deadline-driven I a, a mean, task assignment.
0: Uh, I, I'm not gonna explain to you why this is really important to me or the organization But this Friday you're gonna present this thing to me and I'm gonna give you feedback. So that is easiest. It doesn't engender a great working dynamic because you're now, you're officially the capital C customer, right? It is my method of last resort, which frankly is a lot of the time for me. (laughs) The better (laughs) approach, but more difficult to pull off, is an ability to project and internalize that hierarchy In others, not the tasks that spin off the hierarchy, but the actual hierarchy, the actual priorities, actual Mm prior like and the actual drivers behind them and what and the whys behind them. The truth is, most people don't hear them. They go to the tasks, their brains go right to the tasks. The ones that do hear them are your future leaders. Yes, they are actually the ones that are quickly realizing and aligning with them. Uh, you know, one of the biggest red flags for leaders is if you're finding you're having to explain a lot of the time why you need their teams to do the thing, then that's going to be a slog. That's yeah. going to be a slog, right? Um, and and they, they don't have to wave the flag. That's not what I'm suggesting here. But they have internalized and understand why X is more important than Y for right now. I wish I did the latter better than the former. I'm a classic customer cent you know, driven type. I want to ask you guys a question. Yeah. Um, we've been talking to leaders so far as we're recording this podcast. Talk to someone in the middle of the organization, mm-hmm. right? Who is looking at us like space aliens a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what can they do and what can they look for? I think, I think
2: that, <sighs> you know, a charter, a strategy document, a big fancy presentation. These are some of the ways that companies, you know, communicate values and priorities and approaches that th- they're a fine thing. But I think the best thing is just to say to the person above you, your manager, maybe their boss, a-, a leader in the company who you see is distracted or concerned or worried or is driving a lot of the action, just to say like, How's it going? What are you worried about? Like what's hmm. on what's on your mind? I know that this is their power dynamics here and is hard Team member
0: talking. Team up. member
2: to yeah, like in manager, a manager, you know, like,
0: director, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, like what's yeah, on yeah. your mind?
2: What are the things that worry you? One of my favorite things to ask leaders mm-hmm. at our clients or just friends or people that I get to meet. Like, so so what do you like what are your biggest wor like what do you worry about or what are you thinking about it? like what's the thing that's most on your mind, right? And you're gonna get an answer, right? Because we're all wired. I mean, anyone in a leadership position has always got like three or four mm. top threads contending for all the brain resources. You know, you imagine mm. your CPU activity monitor and, and and they're gonna wanna talk about it and you will get so so much insight. I think what, what you often hear is like, is there a strategy somewhere? Like what's our big strategy? Like where's our charter? Where are values? Where are priorities? And th- I think that that's an artifact. I think companies should produce mm. those artifacts for sure. But in a real time day-to-day business situation, a really great way to understand like what's going on in your org is to ask. And, and I understand that it's hard to have casual conversations with, with with you know, and there are power dynamics, and maybe you don't pass that person in the hall or see them in the kitchen or but but when you do, I think kind of opening that up and becoming the person who listens versus the person who's saying, I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm all mm. over the place and I don't know what mm. I'm responsible for. And this company doesn't have any strategy, mm. like there's a difference in those approaches.
0: I think what you're saying is. I want to unpack it because I think it's profound what you're saying. If I'm in the middle of an organization and I'm frustrated and I say, you know, uh, why are we doing this? You know, can somebody give me a rationale or a strategy? I've made me the center of the narrative. Yes. You have not met my qualifications Mm -hmm. and I'm not bought in. I'm not invested and I'm not going to wear your team jersey. I'm being a little dramatic here, but that's what you're doing. What you suggested is highlighting something, which is that those leaders are actually you, maybe four years out, and have anxiety and stresses. And to say what's on your mind and what's bothering you is so profoundly different. Now, you are not the center of the right. story. You are talking to that person. And, and we're not saying go... Kiss ass. That's not what this right. is. Nope. That's right. not no. That that I think went out of fashion in like the late '80s. Yeah, like, complimenting you know, the boss on sure, their shoes. Post-light. Yeah, no,
2: that's yeah, the thing. Complimenting yeah. the boss on
0: their shoes and postlight. It probably gets you demoted at this point. That's <laughs> uh, totally. the thing. It's a knock against you if you're doing. It's that. a knock against you. So don't bother. Right. So, but what you're talking about is like you know what's bugging you. You know you seem out of sorts or whatever it may be. I, I can tell you. I'll speak for leaders far and wide. They're going to be like, oh, let's go get coffee. Holy moly, you wanna hear me tell you? And and that, because what you've done is you've shattered the org chart, you've shattered the hierarchy for that moment, and you're just, you're having a dot. And then, then you're right. After that, priorities start to mirror each other. You don't have to be that
1: as explicit because they understand where your anxiety is. Yeah, I, I fully agree with this. The thing I'd add to it is it sounds simple, but communicate. And be overly uh, open with what you're doing and how you think what you're doing ladders up to, you know, the next three rungs on the ladder, uh, not in the org chart, but on the project, and like how it connects to, you know, the roadmap for the thing you're working on, or the next release or whatever it is. A lot of this stuff is learned helplessness, and a lot of where impatience comes from, I think, in leaders is why why are we not making this better on a day-to-day or like ticket-to-ticket kind of yeah. level? And yeah. I think communication and, I mean, this is not like some, you know, uh, grand vision of how we should communicate. This is like messages in Slack or Microsoft Teams or whatever you're using. Like, I'm a little stumped on this particular thing, but it doesn't feel like I should be. A, can someone help or can we readjust something or you know, Hey, I'm feeling like this deadline is coming up and I want to make sure we're all thinking about it, even though I'm just, you know, an engineer working on a particular track, getting that communication out there is, it's so important. And it's like the antidote to, you know, getting complacent and, and again, feeling like helpless to the structure around you. Yeah. I think the world of, uh,
0: like rigid hierarchies and call me Mr. X because I'm two rungs above you are gone, right? It's yeah. the work environment is, is collaborative. But I think inside of that is, I think it's paralyzed people a little bit uh, in terms of what they can say, how they should say it, what's overstepping, am I noisy and whatnot, because it's all so ad hoc now. Yeah. Between Slack and other tools. But I get excited when the team is confused about a ticket And they ask a question. We actually end up talking more than we thought we were going to talk. Yeah, right. Right. And that's not noise. That's not noise. Yep. I think this is the
2: ultimate point here about impatience for me. Like I, I've stopped seeing impatience as as a failure in a leader. I see it as a important, like, good prompt for conversations that need to be had because Mm -hmm. something isn't lined up, whether that's priorities. Or or there's something, a blocker or whatever that is. It is a prompt for conversation. It's not an opportunity to make people feel bad for not getting things done as quickly as you wanted them to get done. But it is an opportunity to to realign and say, I had an expectation here. This is important. Like and, and mm-hmm. it's not happening. And mm-hmm. I need I want to understand why because we got to fix it. Yeah. Um and and a lot of those you know you go to those why those why conversations are really really important. People want yes. to understand why they do what they do. Right. Yeah. And I think that just creates, you know, a loyalty and a connection and a, and a feeling of meaning and purpose that I think we all want and need. It just yeah. it, it takes, you know, that that takes, like Chris said, communication and time to to get that across. And yeah. it's tough. It's tough to get across. I'm still learning how to get it across. But I definitely have these moments where I'm like, oh, I didn't I didn't say the thing that I, I, I had this implicit, you know, context in my head. And I and I didn't I didn't say it, you know, yeah. when we talked about it.
0: Everything you're talking about is, to me, very much a, a sort of a style of what I call active leadership. Mm-hmm. There is reactive leadership, which is the easiest kind, which is like you're, waiting, you're letting everybody do their thing, and then you get to Monday morning quarterback and nitpick everything after the fact. What you're actually doing is is walking a tightrope because you're trying to be helpful and collaborative and head off things before things go bad, but you also don't want to get in there. There's stuff, right? Because right. there's many teams, there's many orgs, and you're not going to come barging into, into, into efforts. But so, you know, the agency world is, is extreme situational awareness required, right? That is the name of the game mm-hmm. for this kind of business, right? Um, so I, it's the right instinct. I think, I think it's a matter of delivery and interface is, is the other part of it.
2: Do you miss it, Rich? Do you miss the high degree of situational awareness needed for you? You've got a whole other set of problems that are board, which we should talk about on, on, on another episode. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I do. I do miss it. It's the same reason. You ever see that guy? He climbs the mountain with like no harness uh, or support. No hooks and no free harness. Yeah, the
2: free solo guy. Yeah, the free solo yeah, and, and, That dude and is
0: so... The precariousness. I like, I'm a little addicted to the risk side of it and the precariousness of it. I like navigating like really thorny circumstances. And and I'm I'm not doing as much of that. I think I will be soon with (laughs) with the new effort. Um, But, you know, it's a small team right now and we're getting on, on our feet, but those days are coming, so.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, this was a lot of fun. It was this really was fun great. doing a show. The three of us should do a show together uh, more more often.
0: We totally should. I also I, I don't know if you guys have had Paul Ford on. You should have Paul Ford on. He's really really good. Really good. I, talk. I've heard.
2: I, I hear yeah. that he's pretty smart and has some he's like, really like, smart. good thoughts. Yeah. yeah. We should. We should. That's a good. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough to get big name guests like that on the show. That's I'll, the thing. Uh, uh, you got
0: to get on the calendar. That's the, that's the only <laughs> thing. I'll send the
2: personal email and see if maybe I can I can impress him. Try to get him on the show. <laughs>
1: Oh, if any of this resonated uh if you're having challenges and you yourself are impatient and want to move things faster we can help reach out we we build software we like complex thorny problems like rich was saying and uh we're ready to talk to you a uh, hello at postlight.com one of the, our digital strategy team members will reach out and we'd love to chat
2: yeah, please get in touch. We'll get it done and we'll get it done on time. No no right. no impatience involved. I'm making big promises here. <laughs> a
1: little impatience.
0: <laughs> this was a lot of fun, guys. Likewise. Thanks
2: all. This is a lot of fun. Let's get
1: back to work. All right.